Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. You can go to Mark chapter 11. Mark the 11th chapter. Thank God for the book of Mark. Hallelujah. And the book of Luke. And the book of John. And all of them. Praise God. But I, I like Mark's gospel. Uh, there's, I want you to go, did I tell you the 11th chapter? All right, we're in a series on answered prayer. This is our third, number three, tonight. We've just been talking about things, elements that go into answered prayer because, you know, it's not, it's not much fun to pray and not get your prayers answered. You know, Jesus said there's joy when your prayers get answered. And so we've just been talking about different elements, you know, into it. You know, the first thing we talked about was how our lifestyle affects it, our prayer life, you know. Because what happens is if you don't live the word, uh, the lifestyle, what happens is, is that your, your conscience gets affected. Your heart gets condemned. It's not God condemning you. It's your own heart, and it, it takes your confidence away. We, you know, we, so we talked about that. Uh, you know, we talked about how our prayers need to be word-based. You know, how many know that if it's not in the word, how many know you can't have faith for it? Right? right? And tonight, so we're going to talk about this element. We're going to talk about faith, answered prayer, faith. All right? So let's go to Mark chapter 11. I think you've probably been here before, right? Mark 11. Go with me to Mark 11, chapter, chapter 11, verse 12. The Bible says, on the morrow... When they were come from Bethany, he was hungry, and saying, a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if, if the King James says happily, or perhaps he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of the figs was not yet. So, you know, Jesus is, a, you know, he's a living in a natural body. He gets hungry, you know. So, you know, he just goes through the drive through of the day, which is a fig tree. He's got all his disciples in his Ford Expedition. Because we all know Jesus drove a Ford, right? Well, you know, he comes to this tree. Now, here's the thing. The tree, it has leaves, so it's supposed to have figs, but it doesn't have any. And now, notice this. Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Now, it's real important that the Bible, that you get that phrase there, his disciples heard it, because that was put in there for a reason. It's, 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 it's there for a reason, which we're going to talk about. This was a faith lesson for his disciples. It wasn't that Jesus, you know, I, I didn't know about this word till about, I don't know, a couple years ago or so. The word hangry. Have you ever heard the word hangry? That means you're angry because you're, you're, angry you're hungry. Have you know Jesus wasn't hangry? And got mad at the fig tree and lost it. And no, that's not it. The, the, the point, you know, when the Bible says his disciples heard it, it's, it's letting us know that this was, this, this, there's a reason why the Bible said this. It's just not just put in there for, any, for no reason at all. It, his disciples heard it because he's going to use this as a faith lesson. See? So we jump over to verse 20, and it says, In the morning, as they passed by, that's him and his disciples, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Now, how did they know it was dried up from the roots? Did somebody dig it up? No. 
But the Bible lets us know it was dried up from the roots. Why? Because that's where everything begins. Right? Now, that's not the part you can see. But that's, that's the part where it begins. So, you know, I like to think of it this way. When we're using our faith, you know, the, what happens, the part we can't see is what gets affected first. But we're always, it's just the human nature. We want to see the fruit wither. We want to see the leaves wither. But if the roots are dead, how do we know it's on its way? Right? And so it lets us know they were dried up from the roots. Well, there's, you know, they didn't know that. I mean, how would they know that without digging the tree up? You know, they just, you know, the fruit. Because, you know, you can see trees lose their leaves and stuff, and they're not dried up with the roots. You know, sometimes things happen, and they get stressed out, and, you know, the leaves wither and they dry up, but you think the tree's dead, but you, you check it out and it's not dead. You know, there's a way to check a tree out and see if it's dead. And so, they, they, but this one here, it, 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 uh, it got dried up from the roots. And verse 21 says, Peter calling to remembrance, he said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And Jesus answering said unto them, listen to this, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Now, I've got a good Cambridge Bible in in my possession right here. It's what, I, it's what I use, what I preach out of. That's what I study out of for the most part. And uh, it says in the cross-reference where Jesus said, have faith in God, it says, have the faith of God. Why is this so important? Because a lot of people define faith in the God by the way they think about faith in God. I've heard people say they got faith in God and unbelief's coming out of their mouth. Hey, are you alive tonight? I've heard that where people say, I got faith in God, but then they speak a bunch of unbelief to you about what, they're, what they claim they're believing. But, but Jesus is about to explain to us how the faith of God works. It's real simple. He, he goes on, which we'll read these in a minute, but I want to go ahead and give it to you. He tells us that the faith of God believes what it says is going to come to pass and believes what it prays is going to come to pass. That's the way the faith of God works. So that's real simple, and I know that you know that, but you know what? We miss it on the basics, right? That's where it always comes back to is the basics. That's, that's where people mess up, you know. Amen. You know, um, you know in sports, you've got you to go back to the basics sometimes because you, you miss, if you get the basics, if you forget the basics, how many know you? You've got problems. You know, I, I've heard it said. That Vince Lombardi, you know, Green Bay Packers, the coach at one, I don't know what, he won three championships maybe, something like that. But they said he would start practice every year by walking into the locker room and bring a football in, and he would toss it in the air and say, gentlemen, this is a football. That was his opening remarks. He wanted them to get the basics. Amen. You got to learn how to tackle. You got to learn how to block. You got to learn how to do. See, the same thing's true in the Christian walk. The basics are what work. Now, I was thinking about this today, you know, because we're going to read, you know, the Mark eleven twenty three and 24. And generally, if you're not in what we call the faith camp, when you teach on Mark eleven twenty three and 24, what you teach on is how it doesn't work today. Come on, man. I mean, I've heard people teach on this. And every time they teach on it, it's almost like they won't tell you that it works like Jesus said, because if they did, then they'd be like us and they don't want to be like us. They don't want that label. So they tell you how this doesn't really mean what it says. And this doesn't really work like that. But, you know, all the Bible's true. 
Well, yeah, all the Bible's true, and it means just exactly what it said. Amen. And it came out of the mouth of the Master. Amen. 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 I've just noticed that over the years. that if And seldom, m most people that aren't in our camp, so to speak, they don't teach on these verses. And like I said, I've, I've just noticed when they do, it's oh, you can always be ready. It's always going to be tell you. They're always going to tell you how it doesn't actually mean what it says. It doesn't really work that way. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus said this, verse 23, for verily. Anybody know what verily means? What's it mean? It means truly, right? For sure. Assuredly, the New King James says, I say to you that whoever, well, who's whoever? Is that, are you a whoever? Whosoever? shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Amen. Did Jesus just say, you can have what you say if you believe it and don't doubt in your heart? Did he say that? Then why do preachers say that people that teach that are in error? Man, they'll go so far as that say you're in heresy. Jesus said it. I said Jesus said it. So how many know if Jesus said it, it's true? Yeah, I mean, where people get in trouble, where, where sometimes faith gets a black eye, is people say things that the Bible doesn't promise. Amen. I mean, we all know how faith comes. I've taught you this many, many times, but it's good to hear it again. How many know how faith comes? And hearing, hearing, by hearing the Word of God, right? By hearing and hearing, by, and hearing the Word of God, right? So faith comes by the Word of God. So you couldn't really believe it in your heart if it's not a promise from the Word, could you? See, so, so, but if it's a promise from God's Word, how many know that you could, you could believe it? Now, there's another way. You know, God, how many know God could speak to you really? If it's really God, He can speak to you by His Spirit. Amen? You know, so for instance, you know, I had the Lord tell me one time many years ago, back in the 90s, when I walked into a house, he said, when I walked into the living room, I'm, I'm not kidding, when I walked into the living room of this house, this house was empty, uh, but it wasn't for sale. It was for rent. And when I walked into the living room of this house, just as sure as I'm standing here, I heard the Holy Spirit say in my heart, I didn't hear him out loud, but I heard him say in my heart, this is your house. Well, that's strong, isn't it? So... You know, I, I asked the owner of, you know, hey, would you sell me this house? No, 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 this house is not for sale. We'll rent it to you, but we won't sell it to you. I don't want to rent it. I want to buy it. Well, no, it's not for sale. Two weeks later, I bought the house because the Holy Spirit said, this is your house. I mean, you know, I had faith that that was my house. Now, I can't find that in the Bible, can I? There's no place that says, hey, Mark, your house is on such and such a street. No, but the Spirit of God can tell me that. And when He tells me that, then that's the Word of God. And I mean, it's not Scripture, but it's the Word of God, right? Right? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by what? The utterance of God. That'd be the Bible, right? And that'd be the Holy Spirit speaking to you, if it's truly the Holy Spirit. Amen. But that's the only way you could, you could believe in your heart and confess with your mouth and have it. But that covers a lot of territory, doesn't it? Amen. Think about all the promises of God. Amen. All those promises. Now, so he said that. Now, verse 24, because this is what we're going to talk about here. He said, therefore, I send you what things soever you desire when you pray. Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So the God kind of faith operates two different ways. By, by believing what you say will come to pass 
and believing by believing what you pray will come to pass. Now we've already backed this up last week with the fact that you got to have build your word on the on the scriptures, and your prayer life has to be built on the word of God. So you can't you can't once again you can't you can't just take this as an open promise and say, well, you know what, uh, I'm just believing for a pastor's truck. Well, you have a real problem with that. First of all, uh, I didn't say you could have it. Right? See what I'm saying? See, that would be out of line. Amen. You, 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 I mean, you could, you could maybe uh, believe for one like it. But, all right. <laughs> I, I feel like there's some unbelief in here. Like, you know, I'm really hoping you'd give it to me, Pastor. Well, I might someday. But uh, until you have a word, how many know you can't have faith? Right? Until you get a word from me. Now, if I tell you, you know what, I'm going to give you that truck. Guess what? Your faith can soar. Unless I'm a liar. And how many know God's not a liar, right? So we have to go back to this, you know, and I know this is real simple, but really this is where people miss it, you know, is they... They, they say they're believing God, but they're not really operating in the God kind of faith. Now, the God kind of faith works on several levels. The Lord showed me this at one time. You know, you, know, you, know, you, could, you could use the God kind of faith and never, never have to go to the doctor. You could use the God kind of faith and believe God to help you while you're taking medicine. But it operates the same way. You just have to determine what level you're, you're going to go at, right? Does anybody follow what I'm saying? See, you, get, you, you end up with the same results, you end up well. You just took a different road. Right, right. Amen? There's many ways for me to get home. You know, Phyllis takes one way to get home, I take the other way to get home. <laughs> it, yeah, it, when she goes home, she takes one way home, I take the other way home. If yeah, if we're driving separate. <laughs> if she's with me, she goes my way. <laughs> but she likes to go through, there we got, there's a back way that's more kind of, Countryfied, as countryfied as you can get on the east side of Evansville. Um, she likes to go that way. I like to just just put, put it in drive. Let's go down the, the four lane highway and let's get there. You know, uh, I avoid two lanes as much as possible. But anyway, she, we, we get to the same place. She took a different road, and sometimes we get there the same time. If we take off the same time, we'll meet one another. You know, pulling into our subdivision. But my point in saying that is this. See, the God kind of faith works the same way no matter what you're, what, how you're believing for. You're believing for certain things. Maybe you're believing God to buy the thing debt-free. All right. You, the God kind of faith works the same way as if you chose to maybe borrow the money and believe God to help you pay it off. But you've got to decide which way you're going to go. Is that, do you understand what I'm saying? Same ways in everything in life. But, but if, you're going to have God's, if you're going to have God's help, you've got to have the God kind of faith. Amen. That's what Jesus said. If you, you believe, you, you know, you receive, you'll have it. You know, so you have to do that. See, here, here's what I want you to see. See, when Jesus talks about prayer, the emphasis isn't on God's ability. It's on faith. Because God's ability, you know, listen, that's a, that's a given. God's able. Let me know that. See, the, 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 when the Bible talks about prayer... The emphasis isn't on God's ability, it's on, it's on the person's faith. You know, the Bible says, Paul told Timothy, he said, I will that men everywhere lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting. It's the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Anybody know that scripture? The prayer, what, what will save the sick? 
the prayer of faith. But, but listen, think about this. Think about the woman with the issue of blood. You know, she had that issue of blood for 12 years, and when she came to Jesus and she touched the hem of his garment, the Bible said immediately that issue of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that disease. And, the, Jesus, and she, Jesus said to her, he said, Woman, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you whole. But didn't, didn't the Bible say that power went out of him? King James says virtue or power. So what really healed her? Think about what really healed her. The power really healed her, didn't it? Didn't it? It was the power. But Jesus said it was her faith that did it. Now, why did he say that? Because the emphasis wasn't on the power because the power is available. Right? You know, see, for instance, if you've, if you've had your, you know, out in the garage, you've had your freezer unplugged for three months, nothing in it, it's just been unplugged. And one day you come and... Uh, it's running. You come home and it's running. You go in the house. You don't go in the house and say, where'd the power come from in that freezer? You don't say that, do you? No. You know where the power came from. It came from the electric company. What you want to know is who plugged into the power. That's what caused the freezer to come on. The power is a given. It's there in the outlet, right? So you don't really talk about the power, do you? No. You talk about who plugged it in. Who unplugged the TV? You don't say, who unhooked the power from the TV? Who unplugged it? See, that's all Jesus is doing. The power of God is available, but it's plugged into by faith. So he said, woman, you plug." Well, you could say it like this. Roman, you plugged in. Your faith made you whole. That, 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 that's really something that we got to think about because a, a, lot, of, a lot of people want to just, um, you know, they want to, Put it over on God, you know, on whether he manifests his power or not. No, his power is available. Yeah. Amen. How I many of God's power is everywhere? Because he's everywhere, right? It, it, so, so it's his power. And you'll find that where Jesus healed people. You know, he doesn't talk about, wow, it, it was my power. It was God's power that healed you. Well, it was God's power. We give God thanks for it. But that's not what he talked about. The blind, blind Bartimaeus, he said, according to your, your faith. It's according to your faith. Amen. Look at James chapter 1. Go there. James chapter 1. And I want you to act like tonight, like I've heard this 150,000 times, because that will get you in trouble. Have you know that? I said, have you know that? The moment we, we think we got it, that's when we're going to get in trouble. Amen. James chapter 1. I know because you, 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 you've heard it. Uh, I've been hearing this for 40-some years. And so, uh, you know, I, I still need to hear it because this is where I still mess up. Amen. By not operating in the God kind of faith. Hallelujah. Are you with me now? Amen. Praise God. You know, when you, you know, the devil just run over if you don't operate in the God kind of faith. He's only a bully when you don't have faith. He's only big when you don't have faith. Amen. You know, I remember my, I think it was my freshman year on the football team. Now, I'm not a very big guy, you know, but uh, when, you know, when I was, uh, when I was a freshman, you know, I, I still wasn't, I wasn't a very big guy, you know, um, maybe 134 pounds. But, you know, I was playing, I played football my freshman year and, and, my, and some of my sophomore year. And, uh, I remember one time there was a guy on our team, and uh, you may remember this guy. His name was Perry. 
Remember him? I don't name his last. Yes, that's who it was. And he was probably what six nine, maybe, maybe, maybe more. No, six eight. Six. How tall do you think he was? Six seven. Six seven. Six eight. How much do you think he weighed? Yeah, he's around three hundred. Anyway, I remember, you know, we were have a we had a kickoff, you know, and so I'm running down, and and I'm in my lane, and Perry's in my lane, and the next thing I knew, I was like ten feet from where I was, only backwards, because he hit me, man, and I was just a little guy, you know, and he took care of business that day. Well, that's the way the devil does people. That's the way the devil does people. If they don't walk by faith, they don't use the God kind of faith. He just runs over them. But when you get when you get the God kind of faith, praise God, you can knock Perry back 200 feet. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He was in your class. He was older than me, too. I think he was in your class. He was older than you. All right. So he's an old guy, wasn't he? Praise God. Now, anyway, did you find James? All right. James chapter 1. Look with me at verse number 5. The Bible says, If any of you lack wisdom... Let him ask of God, that giveth to all men, notice this, liberally, and he upbraids not. He won't find fault with you. And it shall be given him, but let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. That's the King James. That word wavering means to doubt. Uh, for he that wavers or doubts is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. I mean, you know, the wave, it's just, it's just tossed by the circumstances, isn't it? Right? Right. And see, sometimes people's faith is just tossed by circumstances. If circumstances are looking good, how many know they're, they, they feel good in their faith? But how many know that's not the way we're supposed to be? Right? Now listen to what he said. For let not that man think that he shall receive what? What will he get from the Lord? He won't receive what? Anything from the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Now, who wrote the book of James? Mark, who wrote the book of James? Don't say Mark. James wrote the book of James, right? All right, which James is this? This is Jesus' half-brother, right? This is Jesus' brother. How many believe he knew a little bit about prayer and it getting answered by living with Jesus? I mean, he knew a thing or two, didn't he? So how many think he, we could probably deduce that James is just teaching us what he learned from his brother. Didn't we just read the words of his brother? Didn't his brother just say, what things serve you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them? Didn't James just say the same thing? If you, don't, if you, if you doubt, don't, don't think you're going to receive anything from the Lord? Where do you think he got that from? I think he got it from his brother, don't you? I think he learned it from Jesus, right? I think it's where he got it from. Amen. You know, and so he would know what he's talking about. And he talks about being double-minded. What's double-minded? Well, how many know double? How many have you got double? How many have you got? You got what? How many got? How many got? You got two, right? All right. So what is he saying? Two-minded. Double-minded, two-minded. What does that mean? You have two minds about the thing. What are the two minds? Well, the two minds is it might come to pass, it might not. And sometimes that's determined on what our circumstances look like. If they look good, well, it might. I believe it's going to. But then they look bad. Well, I don't know now. I mean, that's double-minded. And he said, you won't receive anything from the Lord. So we have to go back. We have to understand that double doubt, doubt comes from that same family of two, a double. It's, it's doubt. 
It's simply meaning that, you know, it's not, it's not like unbelief, like you, you, don't, you refuse to believe, but it just means your believing is determined on the circumstances at hand. If the circumstances are good, if, if you get prayer and you see some improvement, then faith is sky high. But if you get prayer, you don't see any improvement, then you, your faith wilts. I mean, that's double-minded. That's doubt. And we won't receive from the Lord if you do that. I mean, you know, Jesus told us, you know, not to be in the King James Version. He said, don't be of a, a doubtful mind. And that word just means to live in suspense, to be in suspense about. I mean, we don't have to be in suspense about how things are going to turn out because we got the word of God on it. Amen. You know, you, you, you don't have to be in suspense. I don't have to be in suspense about certain things because I know what's said about it. And when you know what's said about it, I mean, it makes you sure. Amen. You know, I, I don't have any doubt. If the power's on and I stick copper wires into that, I don't have any doubt I'm going, to get, I'm going to get shocked because I got some revelation about it. I discovered that when I was four years old. I've told you the story. I, I took two copper wires in the outlet after Mom told me not to do it. She left the room. I stuck them in there. I found out why you don't do it. I've never done it since, not with my bare hands. So, what, see, what I'm saying is when God's Word promises you something, then you already know the outcome. You don't have to be concerned about the outcome. You don't have to worry about the outcome. You don't have to be in doubt about the outcome. I know how it's going to turn out because here's what God said. Amen. Now, if it turned out immediately that way, then there wouldn't be any room for doubt. Jesus wouldn't tell us not to doubt because you wouldn't have any possibility of doubt because if you prayed and bam, there it is immediately, there's no time for doubt. Amen. Time's what causes you to doubt. Are y'all following what I'm saying now? See, what, what, what did the Bible say? Um, i tell you what. Look at Mark chapter 6 because I think it would be good to see this. Mark chapter 6. Go there. Mark the 6th chapter. Mark the, I know this is really simple tonight, but boy, I'm telling you what. We need to know it. How many know Peter got into what? That when he got out on the water, right? But how many know he had some faith, didn't he? He wouldn't have got out of the boat. I mean, who gets out of the boat during a storm? No, nobody does, right? You don't get out of the boat unless you got some faith about you. So who steps out? Well, he had some, he had some faith about it because Jesus didn't say, oh, thou of no faith. He said, oh, thou of little faith. Now, what happened? He let doubt taint or contaminate his faith. See, a little bit of doubt contaminates your faith. Now, now you know, Jesus said don't doubt in your, where at? In your heart. He didn't say your head. How many of your head sometimes doubts? But you just got to tell it to shut up and not listen to you, not follow you. I believe God's word's true in my heart. How many of you got saved because you believed in your heart? Right? See, if people try to get saved with their head, it doesn't work. But when it's in their heart, you know, when it's in your heart, you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to know everything. You just accept it. But when it's in your head, then you got to, well, prove it to me. You got to figure it all out. That's, you're still in your head. You got to get in your heart. Once you get in your heart, you don't have to know everything. You just trust God. Amen? Is anybody following what I'm saying? See, once you get it in your heart, then it's not like, you know, see, you can tell when you deal with people in their head because they got to have all the reasons and all the answers and why this, why that, prove it to me and all that, you know. How I many you know you could, you could, there's no way, you, if people that can't see God, you know, through the creation, then Paul said that they can't. That's what he said in Romans. God's, even the Godhead's revealed through the creation, Paul said. 
It's, it's real visible. All you got to do is look at the earth and you realize somebody made this. This didn't just happen. We didn't just have a bang one day and there we are. Are you kidding me? Where's the other bangs going on? How come this is the only bang? Amen. Well, all right. Now, I know we're living in a time of aliens and so forth and all that, but you haven't seen one yet. Well, I mean, not a real one. I've met people that I thought could have come from Mars, but they really were from the earth. See, so I'm just simply saying to you, well, what about all this stuff we're seeing? Well, how many know Jesus said there would be signs in the last days in the heavens? Yep. How many know, that, how many know that this could all could be, be demonic stuff? Right. Right? right? And also, anyway, you mean you don't believe there's anything out there? Well, of course there is. Have you ever watched Star Trek? I was watching it one time, and they went to, to some, like a fairy tale land or something. There was the Easter Bunny, or Jack the Rabbit, or somebody, and Alice, and they were all bad people. I thought we tell our the, our kids those tales, and now we found out they're off on a planet somewhere. They really exist, and they're bad people. How I many of Star Trek was fantasy, right? But yet, you know, the thing about this is, is that man should be able to look at the Earth and just tell there's a God. This did just happen. Amen. And God has put inside of everybody that knowledge, every person. Now, they can either reject it or seek after God and be found by Him. Amen. Now, look at this. Uh, Mark chapter 6. Go with me to verse 5. This is Jesus. He's at His hometown, and He's there to, to, to preach. He's there to heal, minister to people. Verse 5 says, He could there do no mighty work except that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief and went round about the village's teaching. So how many know it didn't say he wouldn't do it. It said he could not. Right? Now people read this like, well, he wouldn't. No, it doesn't say that. It says he could not. Well, he's God. Yes, he's God. But in this earth, when he was here in this earth and his ministry, he wasn't operating as God. He was operating as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. Right. See, it, see, the Bible says, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to do things. Right. Well, how I many know God doesn't have to be anointed, does he? And why doesn't he have to be anointed? Because he is the anointing. Does that make sense to you? So, so we know Jesus didn't do the things he did as God. He did them as a man because he had to be anointed by the Holy Spirit. Right. Amen. He didn't die as God. He died as a man. God can't die. So he, he was here as a man. So as a man, as a man, mighty fine man, right? Uh, but that was the mystery. Paul said he was, you know, the, the man, Christ Jesus. He's, he got, Jesus was all man, but he was all God. It was a mystery. Yeah. Amen. And uh, only God can pull that off, but he can. Now, you know, <laughs> I had some, no, no offense, but I had some, uh, what were they? What kind of group were they? Oh, they were Jehovah Witnesses come to the house, you know. And I'll talk to these people, you know, because, you know, I, I just, uh, maybe you get, some, get them to think a little bit. And, you know, they, they don't believe. They don't really believe Jesus is, Jesus is God or was God when he was here on the earth. They don't believe that he, he is God. And so I... I asked him about this, I think it's 1 Timothy 3.16, where it says God was manifested in the flesh. You know, the Bible says that. I mean, like God was manifest. Well, I asked him, I said, who was that? 
And they said to me, we don't know. Uh, we'll get back with you. And so, you know, I don't know, a week or two went by, and this guy comes to my door, and he's like one of the, one of the uh, overseers in the church. So he comes to see me. He said, well, I, he said something like this. It's not word for word. He said, I heard you, you know, you, some of our people, you know, met with you, and you asked him a question. Would you ask me that same question? I said, yeah. I said, 1 Timothy 3.16 says, because they used the King James Bible plus some other teachings, you know. I said, 1 Timothy chapter 3.16 says that God was manifested in the flesh. I'd just like to know who that was. You know what he told me? I'll get back to you. Now, it's been 30 plus years, and he hasn't got back with me yet. I don't think he's coming back. But see, I know the answer to that scripture. The answer to that scripture is Jesus Christ. He was God manifested in the flesh. The word was dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. Hallelujah. So, here Jesus is, and it says he, can't, he couldn't do any mighty work because of their unbelief. Why is that? Well, God operates in an environment or an atmosphere of faith. That's, that's where he operates in. How I many of you take a fish out of water, what happens to the fish? It dies. Now, God's not going to die. But, but my point is, that's the environment for the fish. That's its environment. That's where it functions. At. That's, where it, that's where it works the best, right? If your goldfish decides it wants to jump out of the goldfish bowl and it lands on the coffee table, you only got a certain amount of time to get him back in there. Amen. Are you going to have to put him on your pizza or something? Well, people put fish on pizza. I don't know why they do that, but anyway. But anyway, uh, and, they, and some people put pineapple on their pizza. I've not figured that one out yet either, but anyway, each his own, praise the Lord. Now, well, you know, you can tell by looking at me, when I order, I get all the meats. Just give me all the meats. Amen. And you kind of got to be careful which country you're in when you say that. I'll let you figure that one out. But, you know, here we are. Jesus cannot do any mighty work because of their unbelief. But it stopped God's power from operating. And we know God's God. If he wanted to run over everybody, I guess he could. But that's not the way he's chosen to operate. Amen. Brother Hagin said one time a guy challenged him on this. He was teaching along these lines, and the guy stood up, well, I, I believe God can do anything. And Brother Hagin said, why didn't he make you pay your tithes? The guy sat right back down, shut up the rest of the service. <laughs> Brother Hagin said, I didn't even know he didn't pay his tithes. The Spirit of God towed off on him, praise God. Well, see, the thing of it is, is religion can say, well, God can do anything. Well, God can do anything. He's God, but he doesn't just do it that way. Man, he could make everybody get saved tonight if he wanted to, but that's not the way he chose to do it. He gave us a free will. You can choose, right? So let's don't talk about what God can do. Let's talk about what he will do. And he moves in the atmosphere of faith, but he doesn't move in the atmosphere of unbelief. We just saw that right there. You know, you get out, you know, see, we can go, to, we can go you know, people talking about living on Mars. Why do you want to live on Mars? There are some people I'd like to send to Mars. There's politicians, there's celebrities, there's athletes, uh, general, just General Joe's on the street. I'd love to send to Mars. 
and leave them there. Some of them said when President Bush was elected or re-elected, the second Bush, that they were going to leave the country. They lied like crazy. They didn't leave. We were all hoping they would, but they, all right, moving right along so we can walk in love. Hallelujah. They didn't keep their word. They stayed. Why? Because, you know, I don't care what you say. We, got it. we still got it good in America with all the mess up. It could be a lot better if we get some moving right along. Praise God. Find Matthew 15. We'll close. Praise God. Matthew 15. So what are we saying tonight? Well, prayer doesn't work without faith. Prayer doesn't work without faith. You can't pray something and then talk the opposite of what you prayed. You've got to make your mouth line up with what you prayed. Now, doubt comes to all of us. I'm not saying you're going to pray a prayer and never be assailed by doubt. You are, but don't yield to doubt. Just say, no, I don't yield to you. Your head can give you all kinds of, you know, trouble. But the heart, that's where it's, that's where it's important, right? Amen. Now, in uh, Ma- Matthew chapter uh, 15, and we'll close at this scripture, verse, uh, excuse me, tw- uh, 15, uh, verse 21. It says, Then Jesus, he went from there, thence, he departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast, and she cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a, with a, with a devil. Now, of course, this is a woman that is not an Israeli. Right? She's, not, she's not from Israel. Right? But her, her, her daughter is, is demon-possessed. And she's come to Jesus saying, you know, do something, have mercy on me. But verse 23 says that he answered her, uh, not a word. Have you ever prayed before and it felt like you got answered, not a word? Am, am I the only one? You feel like uh, uh, nothing, nothing's happened. This is, where, this is where you can lose your prayer. You can lose, you can lose the battle. See? You can lose it right here because you're basing it not on what the Word says, but on what you sense or feel. Amen. Or maybe what you don't see. But notice this, finishing on, And his disciples came and besought Jesus, him saying, Send her away, for she's crying after us now. I mean, you told her no, now she's after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. All right, so, so you know, in other words, he's just simply saying, this isn't who the Father sent me to minister to. Right? I understand this. I'm a pastor. I'm not, I'm not the pastor of everybody in Evansville. I'm the pastor of the sheep that come to this fold. All right? That's who I'm responsible for. I'm not responsible for everybody in Evansville. I'm not responsible. Now, it doesn't mean I might not help them, but it just means my first responsibility is right here. Right? That's what Jesus is saying. I was called to the lost sheep of Israel, not, not to the Canaanites. Then the woman, she, she came and worshipped him, saying, Help me, Lord. But he answered and said, It's not right to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. Now he's called her dog. Now, why did he mean by that? Well, simply the, dog, the term dog meant she's outside of the covenant. She doesn't have any right to this yet. Being an old, we see, we're still dealing with you know, the old covenant here. And, and what belonged to Israel. And, uh, but but uh, 
verse 27, she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it unto you even as you will. And her daughter was made whole that very hour. I read that scripture because I wanted you to see something. Here's a woman that Jesus said had great faith. I mean, there's only two people in the Bible that he said had great faith. One was this woman and one was what? The Roman soldier. The centurion, right? Both were not Jewish people. And he said they had great faith. All right, what, what made her faith so great? Well, she was not put off by not seeing any results. She just kept coming. Wasn't it the uh, Texas Rangers that said it's, it's hard to stop good men that just keep coming? Okay, you're not familiar with the Texas Rangers. But anyway, that was, that was you know, remember the Texas Rangers? I think they still have Texas Rangers. But, you know, in the old days, the Cowboys, the Texas Rangers, they said, you know, it's something like it's hard to stop a good man. It just keeps it coming. All right, I'll move on since that's not going anywhere. But anyway, all right. What I wanted you to see, though, is this woman stayed in faith throughout the entire process, throughout the ups and downs. She came. She was told no three times. She kept her faith. Now, God's not going to tell us No. That's not the teaching here. But the teaching is, is this, that sometimes it's going to look like no. But God's promises are yes and amen. But sometimes it looks like nothing's happening. Nothing was happening for this woman. But she just kept at it. She just kept at it. I mean, no, you got to do what Paul told Timothy. You got to fight the good fight of. You got to fight the good fight of faith. So sometimes in our prayer life, it's a fight of, it's a fight of faith. What does that mean? It's a fight to stay in faith. Amen. You have to fight to stay in faith sometimes because, you know, all the situations, all the circumstances, you know, it all looks like no. It looks like it's not happening. It's not, not coming to pass. Time has passed. Nothing's changed. Maybe it's got worse. But guess what? We got to go back. And our basis has got to be just what Jesus said. When you pray, believe you receive it and you shall have it. He didn't say you'd have it tomorrow. You might. But he said you shall have it. Amen. Now, if you're like me, I like it tomorrow. But it doesn't always work that way, does it? Sometimes it takes a little bit of time before the manifestation comes for various different reasons. We don't know all the reasons, but, but you know, and God doesn't even tell us to figure it all out. He just says, just believe. Just believe. Well, I don't, and people ask you sometimes, and you understand, and you try to help them. I say, well, I don't ask, understand, Pastor, why it's taking so long. Well, I, you know, I don't know. Unless God would tell me, I really wouldn't know either. But here's what I know. I know what you're supposed to do. I know what you're supposed to do. Eventually, you're going to see results. Amen. Hallelujah. So, how important is faith to prayer? Well, we have to shed the idea that it's all up to God. It, whatever he wants, that's what I'm going to have. No, he said what things ever you desire. Not what God wants you to have, but what you desire. That's what you desire. I'll, I'll close final story. There was a, a, and, uh, there was a, a famous preacher from back in the 50s, a tent preacher, a healing preacher named Jack Cole. Jack was pretty ostentatious with his faith. I mean, he was pretty bold with his faith. Saw a lot of miracles and healings. We actually met his daughter by happenstance. I guess we were just, we were preaching at a church and pulled into staying at a hotel and pulled into the hotel. And there was a couple in front of us unloading their vehicle. And Philip Phyllis got to talking to her, and it was Jack Cole's daughter. She was in town preaching. 
She gave us some of Jack Cole's material. So it's kind of cool, you know, to meet her, you know, because her dad was famous in the 50s. And uh, he, he told a story one time. He said, you know, he said, I, I was preaching, you know, and working hard for God. You know, tent ministry's hard work. It's hard work. It's like I told, you know, Pastor Carter used to have me come and preach in his tent. I said, as long as it's your tent, I'll come. The minute it's my tent, I quit. Amen. You set the tent up, you do all the work, I'll come and preach. Praise God. <laughs> and I, I was just joking, kind of kind of joking, but not really. I don't want a tent. Amen. I'll take a building. And um, so anyway, Jack Cole preached in a tent. And, um, you know, he said one, one night after service, you know, he goes, he's preached, preached and prayed, worked hard. He said he went out to a restaurant and he sat down and he ordered a hamburger. And he said people were coming into the restaurant and they'd been drinking and they'd been partying and so forth. And they were ordering steak. And he got to feeling sorry for himself because here he is working for God. He's eating a hamburger and the sinners were eating steak. So he said to God, he said, I said to God, I said, Lord, I just don't understand it. I work so hard for you. And, you know, give, you know, and all that he said, pour out my life for you. And, and here I am eating hamburger and these sinners are eating steak. He said, the Lord said back to him, Jack, I didn't order the hamburger. You did. It was a revelation to him. See, it isn't what God wants us to have that we're going to have in life. It's what we want. You should know that. That's how your salvation comes, because you desired it. Amen. And you operated on the faith of God, whether you knew it or not, and you received. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.